Hello and welcome to YHTV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 69. I'm Christina Suzuma, your host for this program. Thank you so much for joining me as I continue to explore the wonderful world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and the many modalities of helping each of us find balance in our individual journeys. We're always excited to meet those who are on the leading edge of creating change on this planet. Today, we will be speaking about traditional therapy goes somatic. Now, at any time during this live presentation, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment just by scrolling down in your screen and typing it into the comment box. Be sure to click submit and it will show up on my side and I can share that with our guests. Or if you prefer to dial into our conference line and uh, share your question or comment directly, please feel free to dial us at 323-476-3997 and your ID is 607-393-POUND. And if that went by a little too fast for you, not to worry. During the show, those numbers will be repeated. Today, our special guest is extremely special. She has been involved with the Yoga Hub family since, oh my gosh, about five years now. It's been a while, and it has, she's brought in many, many wonderful collaborators, especially for our Virtual World Yoga Conference that we started in 2010. She has spoken for us at each one of our conferences, and she continues to collaborate with us to this day, and uh, us with her, because she is just forging away all these new and wonderful paths. I would like to introduce you all to Soleil Hepner. Hello. Hello, Hello Soleil. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. It's been so long. This is a lot of fun to be back with you. Yes, and it's been it's been a while. And I think the last time uh, you graced our YHTV was back on episode five. Soleil yeah, Rising. You've come a long way, 69, <laughs> I am. And you too, because um, since then you have actually moved from Washington to down here in San Diego. Mm-hmm, yep, I had to come for the the sunshine, and uh, it's been a really wonderful move for me, so. Oh, yes, the sunshine, yeah. and, and now a new practice down here as well, setting yep, up. Yep, a new private practice in San Diego, and uh, that's going very well, and it's it's brought, well, what we're going to talk about today. Fantastic. So. <laughs> um, Silly, before we begin, for those who may not know your work and your background, can you share a little of that with us? Sure. I uh, come from the Phoenix Rising yoga therapy tradition. And for those of you who don't know what that is, Phoenix Rising's been around since the 80s or, or so. It's one of the first yoga therapy uh, certifying programs in the United States. And uh, for about 20 years, I was actually in high tech. And when I left high tech feeling very icky um, and, and not good about what my body was doing and about how I was living my life, I left there and soon found Phoenix Rising. And what I like about Phoenix Rising is that it's the one yoga therapy that merges not just yoga, but with psychology. 
And so it truly merged the body and the mind. And I had a lot of uh, honor in working with the mind for so many years in high tech. But I'm also an old time dancer. And so I really liked working with my body. And Phoenix Rising was the one thing that brought it together. So back in 2002, when I discovered Phoenix Rising, I went through the program, become a became a private practitioner in 2003. I went back and became an advanced certified group facilitator. And by 2005, I started supervising and mentoring others. By 2007, I think, I started training and uh, teaching others what I had discovered in Phoenix Rising. So that's been my, my uh, 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 background in this world of, of healing. I mean, you, you have such an amazing background because as we all know, a lot of people who are from the healing arts and therapeutic sides, they are definitely not techies. Yeah. And, and, and this is why I, I think you fit in so well with the yoga family because you were one of the first to jump in and go, I'm there. I understand. Yeah. I get this. <laughs> I can do it. I love wearing your earphones and I love working on Skype through it you all. And I just think it's so cool, technically, what we've been able to do. So, it's amazing, isn't it? And and I even do sessions, you know, through Skype. And I use some of that technology as a way of doing the work as well. So mm. it's been um, interesting to see how the technology... I'm probably using technology more than I ever did when I was actually in high tech, mm -hmm. just because it's so much more a part of our lives. Yes, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> more and more so. For better or for worse. <laughs> for, yeah, yes. Well, you know, we just have to move with the times no matter what. <laughs> That's right. So my son tells me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Soleil, you have... Okay, you've moved through uh, Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy, and you are still teaching and training others to yeah. to learn those modalities and that technique. Um, and of course, uh, this whole mind body movement—you know, the finding balance between the Trinity—I call it, you know, um, body, mind, spirit—it's. Mm -hmm. um, it's really coming to the forefront. I mean, there's been a huge paradigm shift in the past few years where people are beginning to understand, you know, that that those pills that they've been taking or those diets that they've been doing or those sessions, whatever modalities that they've been working in, the more traditional therapies and, and medicines and everything, it's, it's starting to, you know, it's there. Mm -hmm. And it's there for a benefit, uh, for reasons, but mm -hmm. now they're starting to realize that there are other ways to find a new path that is maybe more suitable at this time of their life. Mm -hmm. um, so how is it... Um, that How do we find that? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. You know, my own path and moving from high tech into, uh, into therapy was really run by my body. So I'm one of those people who, uh, when I was in high tech for the 20 years I was in it, probably for about 18 of those years, I had chronic back pain. And I also had uh, many years of migraines, which I got divorced and those went away, surprisingly. And, uh, and then I also had a bout with cancer. 
So my body could not have been speaking any louder about how unhappy and frustrated I really was mm. in my life and how I was not living my purpose and what doing what I really uh, should have been doing. And uh, it, but I didn't know how to listen to my body and no one really told me how to listen to my body. I, I went to therapists, but I went to, you know, chiropractors and PTs for my physical stuff. And I went to, you know, therapists for the unhappiness, but somehow they weren't coming together. And so I'm, I'm loving now being a part of a world, um, and, and in the healing world where those things are starting to come together, where it's recognized that the stress that is showing up in your body, however it shows up, is connected to what's happening in your life. And that uh, if you can change your body, you might actually change your mind and therefore your life. So there's this wonderful TED Talk that I uh, people keep sending me stuff. And this is one that people sent. It was a TED talk by a woman named Amy Cuddy. And I think I actually gave you a slide on this. But Amy Cuddy is a uh, professor at Harvard University. And she uh, she's also a social psychologist. And her research, she was interested because she says, okay, we know that the mind can change the body. Placebo effect is one of those ways that we know that. Her question was, can the body change the mind? And it's not that can our bodies change other people's minds. So in other words, like when I talk in front of a group, not like here with you, which is a little bit different, but when I talk in front of a group and I'm speaking and someone starts to yawn, then I know, ooh, I... I might need to pick it up a little bit, especially if a few more people are looking a little bored, right? So we have body <laughs> language and it might change the way someone, you know, responds to you. She wasn't interested in that. She wondered if our body language can actually change our own minds. And so it's like this. When I was first setting up to talk with you all, I'm sitting on a couch right now. It's kind of the best place in my little office area that has the best background for you. And I'm not used to actually doing these. Usually I would sit at my desk, but the background in my desk isn't very pretty, right? So I'm sitting on this couch and I did this. I'm going to show you. So my body, when I sat on the couch, I'm removing a pillow, was way back here. Now, when I sit like this, I don't know about you, but for me, I feel like Lily Tomlin in that really big uh, chair. <laughs> I feel like this little girl rocking back and forth. Like I have no power here and my hips are sunk below my knees. I'm not very comfortable. And so when I set up for you, I thought I need to sit up. I need a more powerful position. I'm speaking with you and I want people to find this interesting and I need to feel a little more interesting in my body. I need to come forward and all. So I purposefully sat myself up so that I could be in a position where I felt more interesting and engaged. And so what Amy Cuddy says is that if I were to sit in this position for at least two minutes, my body can actually change my mind into believing, oh, I'm more interesting. I'm a little more engaged here and a little more powerful here. 
and certainly it really does work. Mm. So that's the the connection, you know, between why we have a lot of things that went from the mind to the body. A lot of the traditional therapy went from mind to body. Um, but now the question is, can we move from body to mind and complement? It's not that one is right over the other. It's just that we have tools that we can use now in both directions. Mm. And Phoenix Rising in particular is one that moves in the direction from the body to the mind. Mm, very interesting. Um, that which, which it brings up some memories for me. Um, years ago when I did an acting class mm-hmm. uh, with a um, uh, gentleman who was like the protege to Viola Spolin, and she was one of the, the uh, founders of what they called theater games. He continually, continuously through his years travels throughout the world to find different techniques on how to get actors in touch mm-hmm. with what their characters are. And what is interesting is exactly what you say is like a lot of us, you know, we're heady, we read and we, we apply or we, we use our mind to move through life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his technique that he had learned from a tribe in South America Mm. was to put it in the body first mm-hmm. and f- see what emotions arise. Mm-hmm. So, we, uh, so when we shifted the breath, like if we just started to pant, sitting, even sitting in place or pant, the body would automatically follow in its mm-hmm. rhythm. The mm-hmm. next thing we knew, you know, it would bring up certain emotions Mm-hmm. And we would move through the characters as such. So people who, you know, it's kind of dangerous to mess with your mind sometimes when you're working on mm-hmm. characters, of course. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can get Things pretty dark. Things can pop out quick. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You can uh-huh. get pretty dark and get stuck in those areas because the mind yeah. is so powerful. So instead, it was the opposite, was bringing it through the body to the mind. Yeah. And, and that's exactly how, yeah, that's exactly how Phoenix Rising works. So oh. we <clears throat> take it from the body. Now, unlike you when you're acting, you know, in Phoenix Rising, the intention is to actually see what comes up when you touch into those parts that are nonverbal mm-hmm. and when it clicks something in the mind. Now, one of the, um, one of the best people uh, who discovered this connection is uh, Bessel van der Kolk. Now he's a he's a, a professor of psychiatry at Boston University. Yes, there he is, and he talks about how um, how working with um, trauma, which is his specialty, working with those who are dealing with trauma shuts down places in the mind where talk therapy tries to go. So the the verbal parts of the mind actually shut down. And what you really need to do is come in through the nonverbal part. And he specifically says and talks about the research that they did on yoga and mindfulness meditation as one of the... um, Uh, which can have this, as he says, profound impact on the activation of critical parts of your brain that helps you be in charge of yourself. So he uh, started, so not only is he a professor, but he started a trauma center in Brookline, Massachusetts. And one of the aspects of that trauma center is yoga. 
Hmm. They use yoga. And in fact, his the yoga teacher and psychologist from that the center, I don't know if you can see this. It's the book Overcoming Trauma Through Yoga. Hmm. Um, so he says, reclaiming your body. They actually wrote how the um how yoga can be used to overcome trauma, how getting in through the nonverbal parts of the brain can actually shift what's happening in the body and therefore the mind and therefore your life. Mm-hmm. And so it's it, he had a wonderful interview with Krista Tippett on being on NPR um, in July, just on this exactly. Um, mm. <laughs> ask me a question. <laughs> I just my mind just went blank and my body went okay. Now what? <laughs> that's that's the beauty of being live on something, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, so this is, now he is, uh, he is a psychiatrist. Yeah. So he already has been able to see the effects. He has been able to see how his basically scientifically. Scientifically. Yes. So the, there has been a lot of research on mindfulness and uh, yoga specifically. And indeed, a lot of talk therapists now are starting to use mindfulness is a very big um, aspect of the therapy realm now. now. Um, and and in Phoenix Rising, we're starting to see therapists come into the somatic realm. So I've been teaching Phoenix Rising level one and twos for since 2007. And when I first started teaching them, and even before that, when I was assisting them, I recognized that most of the people who came in uh, came from the yoga world or came from a more body-based modality, whether that was uh, physical therapy or chiropractors or uh, yoga teachers. Um, very few came in from high-tech corporate like I did, but um, it was mostly body-based people. Over the past seven years then, or six years since I've been teaching, that's changed dramatically. So whereas I may have had 10 or 20% of the people as therapists way back in 2005, 2007, at about 2009, 2010, I started recognizing we were getting 50-50 therapists to body people. And now it's more like 80% of the people. And in fact, I have a training coming up, a level one training in November. And so far, everyone who signed up is a therapist or a psychiatrist. And uh, so I'm recognizing the shift that's happening in the therapeutic world. And that um, question of how do we include the body in the work with our patients is becoming really critical. Now, a lot of people have started with mindfulness and mindfulness is wonderful. It is the first step in Phoenix Rising and yoga and wherever. And And it means to really pay attention, to stop what you're doing and pay attention. So for example, a talk therapist may have their patient or client in front of them and they may notice their their um, patient, you know, kind of 
gulping or not breathing a whole lot or holding their body in a certain way. And they may say something like, you know, what's going on in your body right now, right? Start paying attention to your body. Or they may do something like this instead. They may notice something happening in their own. Uh, there are a couple of modalities that do this. They, they feel something in their own body in order to show some kind of empathy and connection with their client. They'll say, you know, I notice that I'm not really breathing so much. Like all of a sudden my breath has gotten kind of short. Are you noticing that as well? And indeed, um, that's one way of connecting in with your client and have them start using somatic awareness, right? So mindfulness is very good at somatic awareness. Mm. Then there's the next step. The next step takes you into, okay, the awareness is there, but what, one, is the awareness telling you? And two, what if you could change what's happening in your body? So mindfulness doesn't take the next step, whereas Phoenix Rising does, okay? So for someone who, um, and we do it a little bit differently, here's what we would do. Now, as you can see from that picture that went up, we're actually sitting on a mat there, okay? So whereas a therapist might be sitting in chairs and we can do our work in chairs as well, we might actually be on a mat. And so I may say something like, what's happening now in your body, right? So let me give you an example. I had a client come in to me. She's a therapist and she came in very agitated. She said, I'm so glad I'm here. I just had a patient, she overdosed, and mm -hmm. I'm. she was so distraught. And she said, I just, I have to figure out what to do with this, how to talk to her and her parents, what I need to do. I have to, you know, I just have to take some moments here and figure out what I'm going to do about it. And as she started turning in and paying attention to her body with this intention of needing to figure out what she needed to do with this, she started paying attention to her body. She had this awareness in her body all of a sudden, and she said, I'm exhausted. Mm. I just, I don't want to deal with this at all. I don't, I, I can't, you know, I feel like I'm constantly giving to my patients, you know, and I'm constantly giving to my kids and my husband and my family. And, you know, she said, I'm exhausted. I can't do this. And I, I said, well, if you were to show exhausted, you know, in your body, if you were to exaggerate that, what it would, would it look that like? And right away, she just laid down on her back. And she's like this <laughs> and our arms are out and she's like, wow. Oh. And I said, well, say more about this. You know, same hour about what's happening in your body now. And she started going into how, um, how much she needed to really pay attention to um, her body. She said, she said, I don't want to deal with this at all. In fact, her t intention changed. She said, I need to relax. I need to stop thinking about all of this and figure out what's going on in my own body. Mm. So we laid there for a while. And she kept going back and forth. Of course, we make intentions and sometimes they come in through the back way, right? So as much as she wanted to relax, 
all she could do was continue to think about what was happening with her client and how she had to deal with it. But at the same time, her body was still showing her relaxed. And in about five minutes, she said, okay, I can stop now. I can stop my mind. And the relaxed was starting to creep in. Here it is, the body changing the mind, right? And so relaxed was coming. And that's what she chose and stayed with for the rest of the session. Mm. So there's that body changing the mind. And it's an active thing that happens. It's an active um, uh, happening in the moment. So mindfulness, where it's wonderful, or mindful awareness therapies, it may be something other than strictly mindfulness. And we don't need to go into the difference of that. But mindfulness might simply go to having her notice, well, what's happening in your body? Mm -hmm. Rather than actually going into a more somatic experience and then using that experience to be in action and making some significant changes. So there's somatic awareness and then there's the somatic um, experience and somatic action. Hmm. And that's where I think Phoenix Rising is so good. We take the awareness and move it into a true experience long enough so that you can come to action. Hmm. And our very last step, then I sat her back up at the end. We went through an integration process that went, you know, what just happened? And what's important about that when you look at your life? And essentially, she said, you know, I notice how much I do take care of others. And I'm really good at that. And I don't mind that. But I'm really not paying any attention to myself. And I'm starting to feel the effects of that. You know, I'm gaining weight and I'm not, you know, I'm not eating right. I'm not paying attention between clients. I'm just kind of slogging through the day. And so she's having some what what's called compassion fatigue. And um, so she said, so her action going out of there was to have some fun by herself in the next day or two. And she had, I'm not going to say what she was going to do. but um, She was going to so, party. <laughs> right, right. So to put that into action is, I think what the therapists who come into the training are looking for, they're like, okay, we get mindful awareness. Mm-hmm. We get somatic awareness. How do we take it to a new level? How do we do it for people, especially who are dealing with trauma, eating disorder, recovery, addiction, um, stress, stress, anything that's really specifically happening in the body? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I want to go play. <laughs> I want to come play. That sounds wonderful. No, yeah. it's, it's, you know, what a wonderful form of therapy. I mean, uh, truly, it's... Um, uh, I, I, there's parts of me that just resonate and kind of go, oh, that is really, really lovely. I mean, I, I do believe in, there's so many, uh, different forms and modalities within the yoga therapy world. Yes. And right now this one being able, um, to cross over mm-hmm. into a traditional world mm-hmm. and so simply, 
Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I'm really happy about what yoga therapy is becoming and the International Association of Yoga Therapy is um, trying to standardize what yoga therapy is. Um, Phoenix Rising is one of the old only yoga therapy traditions that actually pulls in the psychological aspects. Mm. And um, it, not that other yoga therapies don't work in the emotional realm. Um, it's just that this is like our base. This is, we come from these two traditions. And, um, and so yoga therapy itself is really growing. There are many yoga therapies that are wonderful from the physical standout Mm -hmm. standpoint and the mindfulness aspect Mm -hmm. of being awareness of what's happening somatically. So, um, but I, I think Phoenix Rising is one of the best and the oldest for the psychological aspects. Well, it's been around for quite a while. And, it you know, has. when it has been, you know, everything gets tweaked, right? Everything gets <laughs> tweaked as time goes on and, and what mm-hmm. you're integrating with. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so like, I mean, how... Because yoga therapy, I mean, the world of yoga is transitioning and it's been enduring this huge paradigm shift of people wanting wellness and wanting to find the stillness within themselves, you know, and beginning to understand that more and more, uh, the benefits. Um, That voice inside. Yes, yes, getting in touch with that. Um, How, I'm so certain that uh, so many individuals who have come through the traditional therapy routes, such as talk therapy. I mean, I know of people who've been going to therapy for years, absolutely years of their life. Um, And also they are on medication. Um, what, What are some of the results that you've seen with this combined effort? Um, do you feel that, like, quite often people are told, if you start this antidepressant, you cannot stop. I hear that over and over again. I go, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but mm-hmm. you know, have you um, run into situations where you've worked with clients and that you've actually been able to get them to that stage where they have been able to release the medications. They have been able to step a little, uh, instead of a weekly appointment for talk therapy, you know, kind of extend that a little bit more. Because I I do know some people who only go like every two months for quick talk therapy, you know, who've had a history of of imbalance, basically. I mean, what kind of uh, results have you seen through this integration? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, it's nothing that I'm doing. Um, in a sense, this is about self-empowerment. Phoenix Rising is about hearing that voice inside of us that lets us know when we need something and when we don't need something. So I think, I think when we work in the traditional therapies, um, and we work in the medical profession with those who are um, prescribing uh, um, uh, drugs for one reason or another, or supplements or whatever. Um, I think that's very necessary. And But what's missed in that is that as a patient, if I go in and, and am looking for some things to help me with my depression or whatever it is, and I'm given a pill 
if I don't also have something inside of me that's saying, this is appropriate and right for me right now, then it's not a very strong compliment to what our doctors are trying to do with us. So I think doctors and therapists and all would like to build the internal voice of our patients and clients so that we can go back to them and say, you know, this isn't feeling right in my body. I need an adjustment or I need to get off or I need a different medication or something. When people aren't in tune with themselves, they simply take what is handed to them, right? And so it's fine to get information from others, but we also need that information from within us in order to go, okay, is what they're giving me okay for me right now? Do I agree with that? It's almost as important, you know, that's a part of placebo really, is the power of our own mind mm -hmm. to say, do I agree with this or do I not? Because if I don't agree with that, and I'm not paying attention to that disagreement, whatever someone gives me isn't going to work, mm -hmm. right? Because we're, we're that powerful, you know, inside of ourselves. So um, uh, even if you trust someone, that trust comes from within you. So if someone hands you something, if you're working with a doctor and they hand you something or with a therapist who says, go and try this, if you trust them internally from inside, you'll go try that with mm -hmm. a whole different attitude than if internally you're going, you know, I don't like this person and whatever they're going to give me, I'm just going to say, no, it's no good. Right. Mm. So what I find, <laughs> then you have to stop going to that person. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't bother. But that's, exactly. But some people can't get there because they're not listening to themselves. Mm. Right. And so what Phoenix rising does and what, really having a somatic experience that moves into action can do is to listen to what's happening within you so that you can make some better decisions on your behalf with all those people who are outside of you. And so, yes, do changes happen? Yes. Not because I'm offering something different as practitioner, but because people start listening to themselves going, you know, let me try not going to the therapist every week, right? Mm -hmm. What happens if I go every other week? And let's just try it, right? Many people come in and they say, you know, I want to get off of these antidepressants. That is a big one. Mm -hmm. They're hearing more and more like I should get off of it. Well, some people come up with, you know, I shouldn't get off of it. It's actually the thing that's really supporting me. But perhaps I can... Um, uh, cut it out a little bit if I start exercising or if I start doing this or that. So when they hear it from within themselves and they create their own action around it, it's incredibly self-empowering. And once you start building the muscle of self-empowerment in your own brain, you start getting around those places of trauma where we're reacting and you start getting, you start being responsive, then you've got some real quality of life happening because you're creating your quality of life. And yeah, then things change. Mm. Mm. That is sure a lovely way to go about it. Mm, I think so. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, empowering oneself. I mean, it's it's a through line. It's a through line of of our of our own healing on every level. Mm -hmm. Here's 
Here's an, a, another little example. I was thinking about this earlier. I made mention of this, and I'll, I'll go back to it. Um, that empathy that some therapists have, um, some of those times when someone, as a therapist, they would go, oh, you know, I'm noticing I'm not breathing so well. Are you noticing that? Like, are you catching your breath? And they put themselves, you know, mm. in there in order to connect with their client. Here's the thing. In Phoenix Rising, we don't do it that way. We actually are very, our tradition comes from yoga. But our other tradition, and this is going to sound very familiar now if you're a therapist, comes from Carl Rogers. Mm. And so Carl Rogers had a, a really wonderful core value, which we've pulled from in Phoenix Rising. He was a therapist who said, yes, there he is. He was a therapist who said um, that everything that we need to know in order to heal ourselves, to heal and enhance our life, can be found within us. And that as a therapist, it's our job to create a space where our clients or our patients can actually hear themselves so that they um, can then decide on their own what they need. So it was very self-empowering work, Carl Rogers' work was. And mm. we use Rogerian dialogue. Our dialogue is very much stay out of the way, but create a space, create a container so that people can hear themselves. So mm. in that example, where a therapist might say something, bringing some somatic awareness to their client, like, I'm noticing in my body, this is happening. I'm not breathing well. Is that also happening with you? In Rogerian um, technique, in the way that we do it in Phoenix Rising, we would say something like this. Notice your breath. That's it. Notice your breath. So rather than us coming in and putting ourselves in there, we're going to create the container for them to notice. Now, I may notice that their breath is short, but they may say something totally different. Oh, my breath is fine. Or, oh, I wasn't really thinking about it. You know, and it's like, okay, if it's not important, they won't go there. But if it's important, they'll go, oh, I'm not breathing at all right now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, then it becomes like something that feels significant. So, um, so you what know, I'm hearing, Soleil, is the the technique, this Rosarian yeah. technique, is is actually assisting the person to that awareness, right? And it allows them to start learning how to pay attention without having someone else have to notice first in order for them to notice. We even do it. We call this the the tissue tip. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> in in uh, in a session. Um, uh, say someone walks into a regular therapist, right? And they start crying and the therapist may hand them a tissue, right? Or something like that to, in order to help and, and be a part of what's there. In Phoenix Rising, we wouldn't hand a tissue out. They'd be crying, and typically our hands are, are on the client. We can talk about that more in a second. But our hands may be on, and we just wait. We just wait, okay? And you say nothing. Um, we, say, we might say what's happening now, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? 
Um, but we wait because sometimes if you hand someone a Kleenex, it kind of means stop. You know, mm. it kind of means, okay, dry your eyes. Okay, we can have enough of that. Now talk about it, mm. right? Mm. It can yes. have that response if perhaps a parental element ever did that to yes. you. Yes. You know, yes. here's a Kleenex, dry your eyes, don't show anyone. And so we we want to make sure in our container, in our Rogerian container of you know what's best, um, we want to make sure we don't change the experience. And the experience of crying is the experience of crying. We don't want to shift that. Handing someone a Kleenex might shift it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we just wait like everything else. We just wait. Um, so mm -hmm. it's... Um, being in somatic awareness, not changing what's happening somatically so that you can, they, so that the client can acknowledge and validate within themselves what's happening. Wow. I haven't cried like that in a long time. You know, I don't like crying. Who knows what will come up, but when you let them have it and acknowledge it and validate it, here it is. Then you got something to work with. Mm. Wow. Hmm. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> My brain is kind of going, okay, well, you know. <laughs> so now, now these, these sessions um, that individuals choose to come for the Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy, mm -hmm. uh, is it is it like a traditional therapy, which people would come once a week, or would it be they would stay with you for four days straight or, you know, what, what is the, the timeline or the, the amount of time? I, of course, yeah. an unraveling is an unraveling and yeah. everyone who's Who at different stages and how, how they choose to open or not open or where they are. Right. Is up to them. Time. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so have, have you seen a certain, um, uh, number of, of appointments or sessions that you would take with someone that you really see the shift beginning? Because there are certain types of body work that I do that I say to people, you know, your body's calling like definitely for three, a series of three or a series of six or a series yeah. of nine, you know? Yeah. So anything like that? No, uh, we don't put that out there. If this is truly self-empowering work, then it is up to the client to figure out what their needs are around that. And it varies a lot because clients were very complementary, which means we have clients who are coming in who are already working with traditional talk therapists, or perhaps they're coming in for more of a physical reason and they're working with PTs or a chiropractor. And so um, they, a part of their work is to determine how many times do you need to come in and mm. how often do you need to come in? It is not for me to determine that. That said, have I seen, when do I see changes? It totally depends on the client. Mm. By the time people come to Phoenix Rising, because it's, it's not something that people necessarily seek out right now. I was going to say, because most people is like, who are they? And of course, yoga therapy. A lot of people tend to still at this time, even though they're they're getting more familiar. I mean, it's like yoga. And it's like, no, it's like yoga yeah. hub. No. <laughs> you know? no. Yeah. We're not right? teaching yoga here. We're not. Yeah. This yes. is therapy um, in the in the sense that it's it's somatically based. So, right. They um, 
it, it, because it's not something they search out um, on a regular basis, not like going to a massage therapist mm-hmm. or a regular talk therapist, um, they get to us, they get to me and they, they go, I need you desperately for this. So typically they're coming in episodically, something is happening. Um, and, and then they may, once they know the work, then every so often they may come in just to, to check in and all. The tune-up. Yeah, the tune-up. <laughs> um, but the change is when they, typically, I start seeing change almost right away. It can happen that fast. Mm. Um, because you start building the muscle of awareness. You mm-hmm. start building, um, for example, I had someone who came into me who was going through recovery. And he, um, he would come in and, um, and go through the sessions and they were very big and intense for him and all. And about three months into our work, he went through a relapse Mm. and, uh, he called me up about a month later on the suggestion of his therapist who had originally sent him to me because he was having chest pains. He had been, um, he had been resuscitated three times from an OD, um, wow. with paddles, with the paddles. And he was having, um, memories of that. And so all the pain was in his chest, was working wow. in his chest. So when he relapsed, he was working on being able to turn over from his stomach where he would go because he was protected in his chest to lying on his back where his chest was open. open. That was a huge thing. The relapse happened. He came back after a couple of months. He went through sober living and, you know, he was in sober living and recovery and all. He comes back to me and he said, you know what I heard all through relapse? He, well, first he says, I was so scared of relapsing. It was the, the thing I was most afraid that I was going to do. And he said, I did it. He said, I did it and I went through it. It's like, okay, I went through the most fearful thing I could have gone through. He said, and you know what I heard the most was your voice saying, what's happening now? Mm. Right. So the neural pathway for him was the thing that he kept looking at to say, what's happening now? And he said, you know what happened? He said, as soon as I relapsed, I went straight to the facility. I called my therapist, inappropriate to call me, but the therapist called the therapist recovery. He was in quick and he went through this and got back to me in about a month and a half to two months, I think after. And he said, because I kept hearing what's happening now. So that's the tool. That's the muscle of awareness at work, right? It's the thing that happens when you can, when you practice this over and over mm-hmm. and, and put into action. So his practice was what's happening now. Oh man, I just relapsed. What do I do? Call facility, you know, mm-hmm. call my therapist. And he did. Oh, Wow. Yeah, huge. very powerful, very powerful. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. simple. Again, it's back to it's so simple, but it seems so far away for so many. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. Now, Soleil, for our listeners uh, who are not familiar, what? How long are the sessions? Is there certain? Is yeah. it an hour, two hours? I mean, there's certain therapies we know can take a lot longer. 
Yeah, yeah. Typically, they're about 90 minutes. I do them about 80 minutes or so. Um, and they, they, and just for your listeners, they do include touch. We haven't talked about that, but I know we're um, in the future going to do that. But we do have assisted postures. We, we have enough ways for clients to be either on their backs or on their bellies, as my this client was who wanted to be on his belly all the time, um, or sitting up or walking around. So, and, and we do assist people by using touch. We go hands-on like what's being demonstrated here so that they can experience, get to that edge of having a somatic experience, be at that edge of what Pema Chodron calls a therapeutic discomfort. Mm. That place when you say what's happening now, you go, Oh yeah, something's happening, and it might be physical, but it might also go beyond physical here. Mm. So yeah, mm. so you, you can see the touches included there, um, and so they're ninety minutes long. They include touch. They include some kind of action at the very end integration process that allows people to take the work from the mat out into the world. Um, uh, I have a two session special to start people off because what I recognize is that um, one session isn't enough. People, well, I, I, I often say people come to the first session trying to figure out what this is and then the second session they're kind of into it. That's not actually true. What I usually notice is people come to the first session and so much happens. Mm that it's, it's a lot and that they actually need the second session as a sort of integration and to know that they have, this is theirs to control, to determine how far they go. Um, and so those two sessions work in tandem, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I usually start people off at least with two sessions for and, that reason. And these sessions are private. And uh, yes, they're private mm -hmm. sessions. However, Phoenix Rising does, as I said, I am a an advanced certified able to run a group. And the uh, group is based on an eight-week program similar in format to John Kabat-Zinn's Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program, but ours is called, and I have a little picture here, see if you can see that. This is the book called Turn Stress into Bliss. The founder of Phoenix Rising Yoga Therapy took the private work work and put it into um, this book into an eight-week program that we run in a in a group um, therapeutic way. So similar to how a talk therapist might work with someone privately in a chair, we work on a mat. And similar to how um, therapists might work in a group with people seated on chairs in a circle or a semicircle, we work um, in a in a group, but they're all on mats. And there is movement involved in order to incorporate um, somatic experiences through the movement. There is uh, meditation involved, sitting as well. So you have both stillness and movement in the group group work. Mm -hmm. so. So, no, so your training in these workshops, are they mainly with therapists or are they also with clients? Both. So mm -hmm. I do, um, I do workshops for, uh, clients. Uh, I do, you know, uh, sort of turn stress into bliss type of workshops, um, as well as the eight week program. <clears throat> I, um, 
But then I do often work with therapists. I've noticed over the years that therapists seem to be a lot of my clientele. I work a lot with those who are dealing with compassion fatigue, as mm. they call it, who are starting to have somatic um, uh, connections or, or um, going over the line of empathy into uh, sympathy or having their wow. own somatic stuff happening mm-hmm, when they're mm-hmm. working with clients, having their own memories come up. So that's a part of compassion fatigue. And because wow. I train therapists so much, um, those tend to be the clients that come into to me as well. Mm. And then you know, they'll, they'll send others as well, but I'm really happy when a client comes in and decides to do a training and starts doing this work for themselves with their own clients. Oh yes. Well, yeah. that's like, like passing the baton on and spreading yeah. it out there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I kind of feel like a grandparent. I know that's a strange yeah. thing. <laughs> a very but there young are one. People, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully young still, yes, I'm not. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so, so Soleil, I know, I know there's many things that are in your future and that you are working on as well. Um, would you like to share with our audience uh, the, your upcoming workshops and your talks that you'll be doing? Yeah, I have I have a talk for therapists. I'm down in San Diego. So I have a talk um, that I'm giving at the Women's Association of Addiction Treatment, WAT, in September, September 19th. Um, I think you all have the flyers. I know you're going to put this up. Then I have a workshop, A Taste of Phoenix Rising, a more hands-on workshop coming up on October 5th. And this is 2013, depending on um, when people might be listening to this. <laughs> and then I have a training coming up in November, a level one training in San Diego and a level two training um, here in December. So that's a, a talk, a workshop and uh, and a training coming up fall and winter 2013. So, uh, and your workshop, is it like a three-day workshop? Uh, the No, the workshop is actually just a two-hour taste of oh, Phoenix Rising. Okay. I actually have, I think I'm also creating a four hour one that's going to happen. This is the training slide, um, that's happening level one in November. Um, so the trainings are level one is a four day training. Level two is a six day training. And, uh, so, and you can ask about, for those who are therapists, um, I am in the process of looking at becoming a continuing education provider through the BBS, through the Board of Behavioral Sciences here in California. So give me a call and we can talk about where that process is and if you can get continuing education. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I'm attempting to do for therapists. And um, that's a whole other conversation about <laughs> how that's being or not being a accepted right now. <laughs> so, so your level one and level two training, oh, let's start with level one. Uh-huh. Uh, people who might be interested in, in learning. In learning. Um, so those people tend to be, uh, we get kind of a variety of people from the two parts, from the body side and from the therapy side. So mm-hmm. the one coming up in November is right now filled with a lot of therapists actually have mm-hmm. signed up. Mm-hmm. And I even have one psychiatrist in that. 
Um, and I have a couple of people who are yoga teachers are in, are wanting to be more therapeutic and work uh, more on an individual level. So Wonderful. they've come in as well. So, um, it's so for, you, there's no, are there prerequisites that people must come in with? Like, do they have to have a certification or a degree or could they just be a mom who the kids have grown up and they're looking for something and they're sort of, oh, this is very interesting. I'd like to learn this. Absolutely. And our level one and twos, well, the level one is a prerequisite for level two, but in level one, consider where I came from. I came from corporate high tech. I had never laid a hand on anyone. I had never really spoken this. I had done some yoga um, and, and I actually did a yoga teacher training, but that was for me not to become a yoga teacher. I just wanted to learn more about yoga. And so I did have that. Granted, I was a body-based person and I had been doing yoga for a while, um, but really I came in and I was the poster child. I mean, it, it, to watch <laughs> me work on people and try to touch people and do that with some level of ability was scary for me, <laughs> to say the least. It must have been scary for the people I worked on as well. <laughs> um, so, but I learned a lot and our, our teachers, me being one, I know, but all of our trainers in Phoenix Rising, there are just a handful of us, are amazing. They are, they are amazing at knowing how to create a container that is strong and safe, not just for our clients, clients, but for ourselves. Mm. I learned how to make sure that I was safe in my own body so that I could create safety for my client. I learned how to get out of my own way. You know, all my Mm -hmm. talk about, oh, I can't do this. Oh no. What am I, you know, what are people going to think? And all those things Mm -hmm. got to go to the side. And I learned how to make that happen so Mm. that I could stay present and in the process with my client. Mm, And we're really good at teaching that no matter what your background is. Wonderful. And so um, after level two is that's when an individual is certified. No, actually, level two will get you to the point where you can actually, at the end of level two, you'll have enough of the components of a session to actually give a full session as an exchange to someone else in level two. Mm-hmm. When you get out of level two, you are not a practitioner. You only know the tools and the techniques. The level three is the actual nine-month program which trains you to become a full-on practitioner. And it's totally supervised so that as you're going through, you know, as I went through and started working on people and doing sessions on people in level three, I had a mentor, a supervisor that I called on a weekly basis. And I would sound like this, oh my God, this just happened in session. What am I supposed to do with that? Right? So fully supervised weekly um, emails and uh, lots of reading and writing and um, doing the postures on yourself as well as on others so that you know it somatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a it's a full full on program. Mm-hmm. So only at that point are you certified. I see, and that's nine months. That's nine months. <laughs> the other two yes. are like four days, six days, and then nine yeah. months, kaboom. <laughs> yeah. You'll learn the tools, which is great. So even the therapists who come in, I know they're learning how to give a body scan that has open-ended Rogerian dialogue, mm-hmm. you know, with it. They'll learn that as a tool that they can take back because it's actually a hands-off thing that they can do. And many people know 
body scans. Many mm-hmm. therapists use them, but we do them a bit differently. Um, we have um, ways of um, the integration process at the end and the ways of having people come up with their own action. These are tools and, and techniques that therapists and um, and body-based people, whoever comes, can use in their own practice. Mm-hmm. You just can't go out and give a full Phoenix Rising session because what if something right. were to happen and you were to get enmeshed right. in that. There's no one to go to to ask questions about, okay, what do I do now? Right, 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 right. Because yeah. I, I would think that especially individuals like who are body workers, uh, massage therapists, basically, mm-hmm. if they choose to integrate it, I mean, they're already hands-on, they're already there. and They're already hands-on, so they have right. to be careful they're not supposed to talk, right? So that's not supposed <laughs> to be here. But what they can have out of, you know, out of taking level one and two is to be able to know when an emotion comes up because they're working on a body, yes. how to create a safe enough container to allow that emotion to be there without having to change anything to make it any different. Yeah. So if their client who's lying on the massage table starts crying, rather than handing them a Kleenex, maybe they just stay where they are with hands-on. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. allowed to talk. They really can't start the dialogue process. That's what their ethics and boundaries right. are, right? Yes. But at least they have the technique of silence now, and they have the technique of holding and creating a safe contained space. Mm-hmm. 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 Lovely. Mm-hmm. Well, Soleil, we have come to the top of our our session here. Uh, <laughs> you're right. That one hour went very fast. It does go by fast. <laughs> I know. It's it's just amazing. Um, Soleil, we'd like to bring up actually your website, SoleilHefner.com, mm-hmm. where, um, whoop, is that Those the are... one? Go to Soleil nope. Center. Nope, that's not the one. <laughs> that shows my stretch clock that you can download from my site. So stretch clock. A stretch clock. So it will for like therapists who have like ten minutes between clients, uh-huh. it can pop up every hour, you know, um, on the hour, and it runs a three-minute video. Oh, fun! That takes you through a stretch and also a question about your mind and your body. So it allows you to do a stretch in between your clients. And it'll automatically pop up and then you shut it down and it'll randomly pop up another one. So oh, good. Um, it's a free download. Feel free to go oh, to I am. blacksoleil.com. I am. <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those things where anything that pops us to remind us, step away. <laughs> just, stop. just stop. I know. For those of us who are on the computer so long, like you guys, then yeah, Go use the stretch clock. Yes, yes, that's fabulous. Thank you so much. That's a nice <laughs> gift. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Soleil. We look forward to having you back because I know that whatever the road that you're journeying on right now is just going to open up very shortly. I can feel it in my bones already. Thank you. <laughs> thank Same you. with you all, too. It's all <laughs> happening for big time for you all at Yoga Hub. Yes, yes. We will We will have to manifest the next stage. <laughs> Good. Uh, thank you. And uh, thank you, Segovia Smith and the Yoga Hub team for making this possible. And of course, to each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We are always grateful for your continuous support, and we look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live on Tuesdays for Magical Medical Tour at 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 uh, p.m. Eastern, 
Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, followed every other week with Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. Uh, may I remind you that uh, you can give us a call, uh, leave some comments or suggestions, uh, and feedback. Please give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. Until next time, namaste. YHTV's Trinity of Life. Come join me, Christina Suzama, as I journey to find the many modalities that support individuals, from children to adults to elders, with topics ranging from health and wellness, meditation, and inspirational stories. I invite you to visit yogahub.tv every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Many people that I know that are trying to diet, for example, and that seems to be on the minds of many today, they always feel, oh, if I miss a meal, that's much better because that way I can lose weight. <laughs> I, I am not an advocate of skipping meals um, because my experience is that it catches up with people. It's the, the old catch-22 of I'm going to be good during the day. I'm going to have this teeny breakfast and this teeny lunch, and then I'm starving and I'm going to crash and burn late at night and eat a half a gallon of ice cream.